0: Hello everybody and welcome to Taking Control the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel FM. I'm Pete Wright and right over there is Nikki Kinzer.
1: Hello everyone. Hello Pete Wright.
0: Hello friend Nikki.
1: Hi friend Pete.
0: <laughs> we are talking more about friendships today. Uh, last yes. week we had a great conversation about a little bit of uh, research and thinking about friendships and why friendships are so important in your life with ADHD. And today we have a litany of questions that have come in. And I think you've, you've gone about uh, categorizing these, right? I mean, we have a, a lot of just areas of questions that that came in.
1: Well, what's so nice is that they're, uh, they're different. Like, they all sort of cover different um, areas. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think it's, it's really, I think it's going to be really helpful.
0: I do too. So thank you everybody who has written in and uh, posed these questions. I hope we get to uh, as many of these as we can in our time today. But before we start, head over to TakeControlADHD.com and get to know us a little bit better. You can listen right there on the website or subscribe to our mailing list for free and you can jump on uh, and we'll send you an email uh, every time a new episode goes live. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And if you support the show, if you've been following the show for years, please consider uh joining us over on patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the adhd podcast there you can throw us a few bucks and get access to a lot of great perks that help support this show and our ongoing development and growth uh and uh, so it you know it's listener supported podcasting we're, we're like we're public radio podcasting, and we sure appreciate you participating in that. And if you do, you'll be able to join our recently relaunched uh, uh, discord community. We're growing a community of folks and through uh, online conversation in between podcasts, if you're looking for a great community of folks who are super interested and invested in changing their lives with ADHD. Uh, We sure appreciate you giving us a shout over there. Patreon.com. Yep. Tears are different. We've shaken up the tears a little bit. We've got some new resources, new perks. Check it out. Patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Okay. Friendships and ADHD. Yes. Part two. Part two.
1: Part two. All right. You're going to read the questions because you have the Casey Kasem voice.
0: Here we go boundaries number one boundaries a number of questions came in on boundaries when to text how much hanging out is too much how do you tell someone that you need personal space this is a big deal we all need personal space what is uh, me time and how do you get more of it oh dear what do you think
1: well i think um it's a great question and i think that boundaries for a lot of people it, it's difficult because um This isn't what the question is necessarily, but what I see is, especially with friends is, you know, maybe they say yes to too many things or, you know, they're people pleasers. So maybe they say yes to something they don't really want to do. You know, there's a lot of that going on. So I think that, um, I think taking a moment to kind of figure out what your boundaries are, what do you need in a relationship, in a friendship? Um, and I don't necessarily think that you need to tell someone you need personal space Mm -hmm. because that might kind of come off. Kind of weird, but I I definitely think you could say you know nope I can't do that tonight I have plans and they don't need to know that your plans are you know with yourself <laughs> who cares
0: <laughs> <I have> plans <laughs> with myself
1: yeah um so I think it's just getting it um, an idea of what it is that you need and if you're not sure if you're crossing someone else's boundary um I would say to to somehow try to figure it out, but it's hard, right? Because sometimes we don't read people correctly. Sometimes we don't get the social cues that we, that we need or that we think we understand. And something that I have found, um, is that I have a lot of clients who go straight to thinking the worst their anxiety is high, and they think this person hates them. Oh my gosh, they must think I'm an awful person.
0: Totally. We make up those stories and they're just generally fables. They're false, the stories we make up in our heads.
1: Yes. And I've had people tell me with absolute 100% they believe they know what this person is thinking. And I'm like, but you don't, you don't know what the other person is thinking, but we make these terrible assumptions. So we want to be really careful that we're not assuming what the other person is thinking. And so it's, you know, there's not a real like black or white answer here. I think you kind of have to trust your intuition. I mean, if somebody, I suppose if you keep texting somebody and say, hey, let's go out and they keep saying, no, I have plans, you know, after a couple of times, you may want to like back off and think, okay, maybe this is gonna go where I want it right. to go or whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, it is it's it's a tough thing. Um because of the social stuff, it just just reading people, it can be difficult.
0: It is. I I also think though, you you give it a, you know, give yourself a chance to grow into the friendship, right? I mean, you it yeah. it is okay to be very candid and be very clear and say these are things I need. And as you become better friends, as you become so as you develop kind of a shared history, you won't need to ask those things anymore. You'll you'll fall into a, a rhythm and and. There won't be too much hanging out because hanging out is a continuum and sometimes you'll hang out a lot and sometimes you'll be busy and you'll hang out less. And so, you know, it's um, I I think it's okay in a healthy friendship to have the to have the that sort of ebb and flow as long as you're clear up front, you know, And, and. having asking for consent in a friendship. It's, it's, it's okay. Like, right. is it okay that I call you after a certain time at night? Is it okay that, you know, I'm, I, that we hang out, you know, spend a day together. And then is that too much? It's okay to ask those questions. So, all right. right, okay. second question. Next question. How do you make, how to make friends understand overstimulation and why you have to leave the party early? <laughs> I love this question because I absolutely deal with this personally. I, okay, so what do yes. you how
1: how would you deal with this?
0: Well, okay, so f- for me, I, what I feel like I have learned is if I'm going to a big social event, I often overestimate my impact on social occasions.
1: I say that again.
0: I overestimate, and I think we all do this. I yeah. we overestimate. Our impact on social occasions. Right. So right. you go to a like party and a whole bunch of looking people at there. you. <laughs> yes. And that they're going to care so much if you happen to leave. And likely it, I don't want to say that no one will notice because, it you know, people will notice and they might ask, you know, hey, where did Pete go? Oh, he had to he had to leave. But, you know, that conversation usually ends there. Unless you're dealing with somebody who's particularly kind of gossipy and then they'll have a thing. But generally, you can sneak out and it won't be a big deal. The biggest deal is later when you find out, oh my gosh, and then, I don't know, the Kool-Aid man jumped through the wall and there were so (laughs) many fantastic events that happened and you missed it. But you're okay with that because you got what you needed. You were able to sneak out. Now, if you're the guest of honor. If somebody is throwing a birthday party for you, uh, or oh gosh, <laughs> <you> I, leave. <laughs> oh god, I dread like surprise parties, those kinds right. of things, like because I don't like that much attention on me. Some people do, some people thrive on it. For me, it is anathema. Uh, that that's a different story entirely, and you need help and support to get through it. And it's okay to sneak off to a coat closet for five minutes and just you know be and be present uh, you know, with yourself. And, you know, I, I mentioned what, what is me time. Me time is with you whenever you can, it's always there. It's you, Mm -hmm. it's right there. So if you go someplace, find a quiet corner and just close your eyes for a few minutes, you can often gather your strength for another little while. But, uh, you know, I, I just think, go back to that. We overestimate our impact on social occasions and, uh, it's, it's okay to step away.
1: Absolutely. I agree. Well, and I think if you're, um, if you're going to the party with somebody, then I think just being honest too that, Hey, I know that I'm probably only going to be here for about an hour. So if you want to stay longer, you're either going to have to Uber at home (laughs) or, you know, but be honest too about, you know, what, what your expectations are. So you're not, um, uh, that other person isn't expecting you to be taking them home and staying as long as you yeah. are, and all that stuff too. Right, but, right. Um, so the third and, question. And thank is, God for
0: Uber in the in that regard, right? Uber is a yeah. saving grace. Uber and Lyft. Uber. Oh yeah, I mean it's just to be able to free yourself from those kinds of obligations if you really need to get away. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Next question. Uh, Well, so the third question I'm going to do, just because we've talked a lot about this already, but how to maintain those relationships, right? So a lot of we did talk about that in the first, you know, part one. Um, But I do just a couple things to add here. I think it is a give and take from both parties, because no one wants to be the one who always initiates um, outings and you don't want to be the one that never initiates them because the person who does may eventually stop if they're not getting any kind of, you know, response from you. So there is a little bit of give and take, I think from, from both people. Um, I think as far as with relationships that, um, again, you really value if you're going to be late, I would just say, make sure you call and keep them up to date um if you're going to cancel cancel don't just not show up these are these are things that i think are common um, courtesy. It's easy to feel shame around being late or shame about not showing up that you avoid talking to the person. And I, and what I'm saying is that if you want to keep this relationship and it's really important to you, it's okay. Just let them know what's going on. Um, you're going to be late or you can't make it, but don't
0: just not show up. This is a hard one because it's it's approach avoidance continuum, right? It's like, which option, if I'm late, if I'm like a half hour late and I haven't yeah. talked to this person and they're sitting at a restaurant, uh, which option is going to make me feel less terrible? And when you are in an emotional storm, it's really easy to fall down the avoidance oh. hole. And just think, okay, I can't, I I can't, I'm not even going to deal with it because the ADHD has gotten better of me already. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to a different restaurant and hide, or I'm just going to go eat a gallon of ice cream or whatever. I'm going to find a way to avoid the pain immediately. And That is, it. like, when you are feeling strong, you have to be able to say, I am willing to change. Like, I don't want to be that person, and I don't want to be that person so badly that when I'm faced with the approach avoidance choice, that I would rather do the thing that is hard in the short term, but ultimately will free me from feeling the shame in the medium to long term.
1: Right, from letting right. this
0: person down because they're just sitting there waiting for me and they don't know what's going on, yeah. Um, and and so it is hard. It's really hard. But I hear this all the time. People say, "Oh, my brain just doesn't work that way. I have ADHD, so I can't be relied upon to make a phone call." I was that guy. I talked about that last week. I was that guy who would not make that phone call. I would just show up late because I would go the avoidance route. Mm-hmm. And it is hard, but it is not impossible to accommodate to make accommodations for yourself. And to change if you if you feel like you could you if you feel like it's important enough to you. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, I feel kind of strongly about that.
1: Well I do too. And I think that um, I think that that's where it comes into this thing, you know, ADHD is not an excuse. It's an explanation. So yes, your brain may not think to you know, your brain may end up wanting to go into avoidance mode, but it doesn't excuse you from being rude, you know, and keeping that person waiting like that is rude. And so I think it's making the accommodation and knowing that, like you said, like, I've got to make sure that I make an accommodation for this. It may be where my brain wants to go, but I need to face this now.
0: There's I would just add this this one point, which is that when you're in that kind of storm right there is very little accounting for social convention yeah you, you know what i mean like it yeah, is it is it totally is. rude i totally agree with you and also yeah. it's really hard to see courtesy when you're just trying to avoid pain no,
1: and and so true. i just i just want
0: to say it's it's i just want to say that in terms of acknowledging how stinking hard this is is. if you if you really are struggling with this piece and and so i i I don't know i i don't want to belabor that point but i just want to throw it out there there that i I get why it's so hard and why that question came in
1: yeah oh absolutely all right question number four number
0: four how do you navigate friendships that seem unbalanced that's a really good question what do you think we mean by unbalanced here
1: well, I'm kind of wondering if it's that give and take a little bit, right? Um it, it do you feel like one person's making more of an effort than another? I don't I don't know, that's just sort of what I'm guessing. Um I, you know, the first thing that I said here was how much do you value this relationship? So if if you feel like it's uh you're not getting what you need from it then uh, is it worth maintaining is it Mm -hmm. worth um putting the effort in or is it worth just sort of accepting that it is what it is like this this came this happened to me where i thought this friend and i were really close i mean i thought we were really really good friends um but then there were a couple things that happened that I was like, well, if she was really as good of a friend to me as I am to her, she would have stepped up and done something different mm-hmm. and she didn't. And so for me, it was sort of this realization is that, OK, I we don't look at the friendship the same way. I was kind of looking at her as like this best friend, you know. I think she was looking at me as just a friend. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I'm still friends with her, but I don't expect the same things from her as I used to. And so, um, you know, if if someone is sick in my family or there's a surgery or something that happens, I'm not going to be expecting her to, you know, bring me Step a casserole. Up.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> She's not the emergency contact for your She's kids, not the emergency right?
1: contact anymore. Yeah. yeah which, I, you know. Yeah. Right.
0: It happens. I, yeah. I think it's even harder uh, when you recognize that you are the one who is looking at the other person as as, you know, maybe they think I'm a better friend to them than they than I am, you know, if you reverse the roles. Right. And and so when you realize that it's unbalanced because this other person is giving me so much of their their life and attention and I don't have the same that sort of reciprocal feeling. And yeah. That's that is so hard to navigate. And that may be why uh, it's so hard to make new friends, because it, yeah. the ones I have, I understand the relationship and that balance. I understand that perfectly well. And but with, uh, new friends, with new you're friends, you're learning all
1: of that. It, totally it really is. That. It's it's messy. It's messy. Yeah. Um right and so that you know I, that's how i kind of came to terms with it but i also would ask this person to to think about where it is unbalanced is it fixable i mean is this something that you just need to have a conversation about you know and communicate like what they are thinking i had this one friend who is awesome because she, when we started hanging out so we would do breakfast um but i remember one of the first breakfast the lunch or breakfast dates we had she told me right up front she's like Nikki I adore you you're going to be a great friend I know we're going to be great friends but I've got to tell you I'm terrible at keeping in touch I'm really busy I work I have two kids who are like um, they are not just athletes they're like yeah uh, prodigies premier
0: athletes yeah (laughs)
1: So they are in sports all the time. She's traveling all the time. And she was just really upfront about it and just said, don't take it personally if you don't hear from me. Yeah. You know? And so I don't. It's like, we can go a couple of months and then when I see her, we catch up and we have breakfast every once in a while and we catch up, but it's like, I don't expect anything different. So that's, yeah. that's what I think too, is having that conversation. Um, and I, it's, I mentioned this before, I don't remember if it was last week or, or here, but I think some friendships do, are they're seasonal, you know, I yeah. think that, um, they come and go it's, 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 uh, and that's all right too. You know, you can, um, I think that just happens. It doesn't mean that anything you did made that happen it's just that that's the way contexts change yeah right right all right number five next
0: question lateness not being the one to initiate plans having lots of last minute crises are all signs of a one-sided relationship but also just side effects of adhd how do you use the strengths to contribute and show you value the relationship and mitigate the flaky vibe. Uh, I this, this. I feel like we've sort of talked about this. for For me, it's it comes down to that just transparency, right? and, right. and being, being honest. super honest. Uh, you know, it's different than a work environment, right? A work environment, you sort of have the choice to say, "I'm going to talk about my ADHD with my manager." Right? They're they're. A, a, they, I want them to support me. I want them to support me with, you know, the resources I need to be successful. With a friend, if you're trying to cultivate a relationship, not only will they understand you better if you are honest with them about your ADHD, the act of being honest with them says a lot about how much you value that relationship, right? right. So there's A, they'll understand how you relate with time and attention. B, they'll understand your willingness to be vulnerable and treat that relationship As as something that's worth cherishing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, and I think that this is also where you use the tools and strategies that you've learned from listening to this podcast, from going to seminars, from listening to other workshops. I mean, anything, books that you've read about ADHD. You know, get into your toolbox and and figure out you know what are some things that you can do so that you can prevent some of these from getting in the way um as often as they are not to mm-hmm. say that they're never going to go away because that's just not you know realistic but um you know definitely pay attention to it and see you know what can you do if if there is anything you can do but i think the transparency part is definitely really important
0: next question uh, this one i feel like we've this was sort of a a basket of issues that we we may have already talked about. Let me know what you think. How do you communicate ADHD related needs without seeming overly demanding or feeling guilty about it? As an example, I have a friend who likes to do things spontaneously. She'll call me at 8 and ask if I want to go to breakfast at 8:30. It's hard because of course I want to, but my life has a lot of moving pieces that I'm struggling to keep in order. I love to be spontaneous, but it throws me off balance for the rest of the day or when people are very late or very early for things I get either flustered because I'm not ready or frustrated because I put a lot of work into being on time my natural tendency is to be late but I work very hard to be punctual
1: when I first read this I just who whoever wrote this I just want to say kudos to you for putting so much effort into your time management mm-hmm. right I mean, this is somebody who is paying attention to these areas and is working really hard to, um, to, to make it work for her. Oh, um, the, act
0: that, the act that she even recognizes those areas is a sign of great diligence and, it and is. practice, building those muscles. It's huge.
1: Yeah. So something to be very proud of. So no reason to feel guilty or feel like you're being demanding. I I, I would get those words out of your vocabulary right away when you're talking about this, because I don't see that um, in this at all. Um, what I see is somebody that has issues with transition. It has issues with um, having a plan and then having it go a re- you know, it, it goes fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so that's the that's the issue. And I think that, um, you know, going back to, yes, some of the things that we've talked about for the friend who calls last minute, you know, being honest with her and just saying, hey, this this doing last minute really throws me off for the day. It, it, and so could we at least plan the day before? Let's Mm -hmm. plan a day before so that that way I can really, you know, plan for my next day and not be, you know, thrown into tailspin. So you're kind of preventing that from happening.
0: Right. Because by Um, eight o'clock, I'm already well into something else.
1: You bet. You bet. And if you've, if you've actually taken the time to make a plan for the day, you don't want to like screw that up. Like that's a big achievement. I mean, you just, you know, that's huge too. So yeah, I wouldn't, I I would be honest about that. The people that are coming um, into your life that are coming either early or late, we can't control what other people are doing and so what i would say is that this is where you can you you're gonna have to practice how you deal with that frustration when it happens and what do you do to bounce back from it to salvage the rest of your day which Mm -hmm. is a, a a talk that you and i did and it will be in one of our workshops um if you're a patreon member outstanding so, but that is, I think the issue here is just how do you recover from that? Because that is really what's happening is something's coming in unexpected and it's like, ah, and I learned as an ADHD coach very, very early on in my career, never show up early.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> never call early, never show up to anybody's house early um, because it does, it puts them into a fluster and yep. they feel bad and I don't want anybody feeling bad. so. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, totally,
0: totally <laughs> yeah. agree with all all of that it, it and then I think that transparency and the balance in the relationship i usually when i'm giving a if I'm teaching something, if I'm doing a class, a live class or something where there's an audience or something I've prepared for, I'm usually fairly pedantic about starting on time, mm-hmm. and uh I think that that is something I could. I, I need to probably work on that because I'm always doing it with a little bit of a sense of passive aggressive kind of a dig. Like if you were important to you, you would have been here on time. Uh which is not always right, right? right Life yeah. intervenes for people. You and bet. sometimes they they are as impacted as we are. And yeah. uh and so I'm I need to be more understanding about that. And I've been working very hard to do that, uh, and, and to try to have a plan B for, you know, if I have to start late, do I have, what can I cut from? my you know meetings or presentations that would keep us on or get us back on schedule so uh, just a little something to add
1: so we're going full circle here right because if you look at part one when we did the last week we uh started the show about and you asked the question and there was um some uh what am i talking about not feedback um there was an update up. about somebody. Yeah, there was a follow-up with the um, support group. Yep. And then you asked the question, how many people do you find you know, don't believe in ADHD or they have these support systems that don't believe in ADHD? And, and so we started it with that. And then what are we going to end with?
0: Last question. How do you handle other ADHD friends who claim they've, quote, outgrown distractibility and hyperactivity? They've outgrown their ADHD.
1: So, hmm. if we if we were emojis, hmm. we would be the emoji with the little um, hand on our chin.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, what do you think, Pete, right?
0: I've got to tell you, with all due respect to these folks who say that they have outgrown distractibility and hyperactivity, I... I would have to see some more detail about their specific circumstances because generally I find that claim dubious. You outgrow a shirt, right? right. You, you outgrow uh, your, your pants, you outgrow your shoes.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what
0: I mean? You could, your family could outgrow your house, right? Yeah, you, you, sure. you outgrow those things. Yeah. You don't outgrow ADHD. In my experience, I've I, I've never met anybody who's outgrown your ADHD. What you what you do is you mitigate your ADHD. You accommodate your ADHD right. characteristics, right? You change your life in such a way that ADHD doesn't have a significant as significant an impact on those areas that were impacting you previously. Mm-hmm. And I feel like after doing this for 20 years, I have mitigated a lot of my own ADHD characteristics, but they're always here they're Mm -hmm. always here i never forget Mm -hmm. hashtag never forget uh, forget that that i i live with this as a buddy on my shoulder like always doing this you i just so i have a really hard time with that statement now i toss it back to you how do you deal with uh with the folks who say that they've outgrown it what do you think am i coming down too hard on that
1: oh no i mean i i agree i mean i think that um Exactly what you said, I think that they've probably have come to a point where they can you know they're coping with it. they're not na- they're navigating their life smoothly., um, however, when a different event comes, it could come right back at you. I mean, you know, right? Because it's yeah. also, events I mean transitions and um these things that happen to to us as we live your ADhd is going to look different as you're going through those those um, situations so I you know for me it's kind of like okay my first instinct was that you know hey that's great good for you yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't get into a heated debate or debate. De- I wouldn't get into a <laughs> debate. I don't think it's worth it. Now, that's yeah. me personally. It's not worth my energy to try to convince this person that they've outgrown this. And they, or they, that they likely
0: they believe it deeply, yeah, right? They likely have right. convinced to this. But, but it, it probably uh, stems from a certain sort of self-judgment, right? And self-doubt yeah. that, you know, uh, about their ADHD. And y- you don't want to step into that that, you know, hornet's nest. I mean, it's just, no. it, it, you're not, that's not your role. No, um, no. So
1: Yeah. So that's what I would say is don't, don't waste your energy. Great. So happy for you that you've, you know, you're at where you're at. You know, your truth, you know, what matters, um, yeah. you know, Boy, that's great for you. For
0: you. I yeah. sure haven't.
1: Yeah. That's or, great for
0: you. I'm still struggling in these areas and here's what you need to know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I, I, yeah, exactly. I, I just, uh, it makes me cringe too, because it, it, there is that sense of they don't believe it or people think that they outgrow it. And I just, yeah. I yeah, yeah.
0: Have you ever met anybody in your travels that has outgrown their ADHD?
1: No. In fact, when I talk to people, especially when they were diagnosed later in life, you know, they they can look back and they see how it showed up in their life at yeah. different periods of time. It's just that they coped with it different. And um, they didn't know that that's what they were coping. They yeah. didn't know that that's what they were accommodating. Um, and then when they get the diagnosis as hard as it is to to maybe accept, it also makes sense to them. And so the pieces start to to come together. And then as their coach, it's about trying to figure out what to do with this and and how to live a happy and fulfilling life without it always, you know, being a challenge. And that, I guess that my first reaction when you said to, to, you know, well, that's great that this is good for you, but it's still a challenge for me. I would almost, you know, flip that too and say, it's great. Good for you. Uh, You know, it's still something that I deal with, but Hey, I'm also doing a great job dealing with it as well. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to say, but uh,
0: you know that is uh, I I think that's a great question and I I hope that's just we don't really have an answer but we certainly have potentially a new way to think about it and to approach that question just to stay in your own truth so that's it those are the questions we have for today so thank you everybody for writing in Uh, if we bundled your questions uh, if we there was anything that was unclear please let us know in the chat or jump over to discord and you can (laughs) at mention us there and we will continue the conversation thank you so much everybody for downloading and listening to this show we appreciate your time and your attention on behalf of nikki kinzer i'm pete Wright, and we'll catch you next time right here on taking control the adhd podcast